Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Hashtag Alvarado Excellence Podcast. And with me, as always, Dr. Kenneth Estes, Alvarado ISD Superintendent. Again, it's a, a Tuesday morning before we're, we're getting this done. Mondays have uh, we've ever been off, or they just have not been kind to us. They're not, not, not kind, but just been packed busy. We're here on a Tuesday again and, and getting this out as quickly as possible for you. Just hope you had a great weekend. I did have a great weekend. I do feel bad about us not getting the newsletter and this out more efficiently or effectively <laughs> because uh, this week one of the things we're going to celebrate in the newsletter is 100% of the lesson plans were all in and all complete this week. And I think it may be the first time this year that we had 100%. So we want to celebrate that. And then you and I are a day <laughs> late on our stuff, and so it doesn't look good. We're not <laughs> leading by example. I, I do think – though, that your efforts to postpone this a little bit so that we could get information on the COVID and some of the other, the playoff information and everything else. I do appreciate that we're able to do that today. And for starters, we'll talk about our, our WIG, our wildly important goal, and just a reminder, that is to increase the average number of posts that include Alvarado Excellence and Alvarado Reads, I'm sorry, hashtag Alvarado Excellence and hashtag Alvarado Reads per week from five to 200 by the end of the school year. And Good job last week. We got we got it done last week. It's really our second week of the wig, and we got over 200. But if I'm being honest, I'm a little concerned because we only had 222, which is more than the 200 we, we need. But it was a the same week that we had, you know, the National Read Aloud Day, Read and there was a big right. push about reading. And I was just I was expecting us to be way over that 200 threshold and to come over out just over 200. I'm those things where I'm, I'm glad that we reached the weekly goal, but a little disappointed in that it wasn't by a bigger margin. Kind of like in in sports, you you get a you get a close win, but it doesn't feel right because you know you should have won by ten or fifteen. <laughs> right, and you know you, as you stated yesterday, we had more people participating in posting, so that that in itself is great. It is disconcerting, and I looked this morning and. It doesn't look like we're trending in the right way this week. And so we, those of you that listen to our podcast, please uh, post to hashtag Alvarado Excellence and as you have it here in all caps and hashtag Alvarado Reads. For our wig, we need both of them on there. And once again, this isn't just to satisfy some goal that a group of people came up with. We're trying to promote literacy in Alvarado ISD. And we know the last time that we worked on literacy that those social media posts on Facebook and Twitter and now on Instagram and other platforms really encourage our community to get behind our literacy efforts. And we know if kids can read, they can pretty much do anything uh, throughout their their life. So we really want to promote it. We can't do it by ourselves. We need everybody participating. And it doesn't have to – maybe you say I'm not comfortable taking a picture of a kid reading a book and, and posting on social media. It doesn't have to be that. It can – you want to put a – get a quote about reading and put it out there. You want to get some kind of infograph about what reading does. You know, I know that's what our HR director, Marianne Wood, is doing. She's finding little infographs and uh, pictures of just quotes and stuff about reading to post. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something from a classroom or something from home or anything like that. It can be anything having to do with reading, uh, just to, to get the reading and the importance of reading out in front of our kids and our community. A lot of people like to see what hear what you're reading and – that's two the the two books that I the one I'm reading currently and the last book that I read both came from recommendations I saw on social media from other educators. 
one of these days I'll get a chance to do that again. Not that I've ever been, I've never been a, a huge reader, which I probably need to be. But uh, right now it's not a, it's not exciting reading that I'm doing for my, for my cor- your coursework. My, in all transparency, mine are audio books. I drive <laughs> so much between campuses that right. I listen to these audio books and they're, they're fantastic. I, I highly recommend uh, future driven. <laughs> all right. And then, so post to the wig. As a matter of fact, a great time to do that, not not posting, but we have a girls' basketball game, on pl- a playoff game on Thursday. And maybe you're driving to the game and you're with your kids or you're somebody who's in the car reading. Don't stop and take a picture of them while you're driving. <laughs> but maybe once you get to the game, you say, hey, we were reading this in the car. I was listening to this audio book in the car maybe. I don't know. But uh, girls' basketball playoffs Thursday 7 p.m. at Arlington Seguin High School against Dallas Pinkston. And what a huge game this is for our Lady Indians and just the, the girls' program as a whole because, you know, talking to Coach Malone Friday night, you know, we've cross country's there. They, they've been there. They, you know, without the COVID restrictions of taking the top two teams and all that kind of stuff this year, probably would have been in the regional meet as a team this year. Volleyball's in the playoffs. Now basketball's in the playoffs. Soccer's in position to be in the playoffs. Softball, they've been in the playoffs the last few years. And so it's a, a very exciting time for the girls' athletics in Alvarado ISD. And uh, just to continue that with basketball, especially first time since 2014-2015. And there's no reason that this just isn't like the – you know, this is the stepping stone for the girls' basketball program. This is their first year back in the playoffs, and they are young across the board. We had our, our senior night Friday night with no seniors. <laughs> On the schedule, it said senior uh, night, but there awkward. were no seniors. But uh, so uh, just exciting to be here at the beginning of this, what we hope is going to be a, just a, a building of tradition for our girls' basketball team with Coach Turner. One of the things I appreciate the most is uh, Coach Turner, right after the win that secured the third place in district, she said, now we got to prepare for Pinkston. They knew who they were going to meet already and they're already going to work to get ready so it's great to see that it's not just about making the playoffs but they expend to, uh, they in, intend to make a playoff run that's exciting it is exciting and i did a little research yesterday playoff wins for girls basketball we advanced to the second round in 1999 but that did not come after a win that's we were district champs and at that time you got a bye in the first round of the playoffs so we went to the second round of the playoffs but not because of a win. So to go back to the last playoff win for our girls' basketball program, 1990 to 1991, so 30 years, they won a the first-round play, playoff game against Van and then lost by one to Decatur in the second wow. round. And De- that was a Decatur team that ended up going off to the regional semifinals. Wow. So uh, a pretty good team back there in 1990, 91, lost by one. And so uh, – Exciting for our girls to have a chance to win the first playoff game since probably before their parents were even in high school <laughs> for a lot of them. That, that's hard to believe, but you're right. Wow. I know some of their parents were around for that 99. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Big game Thursday night, 7 p.m. at Arlington Seguin. Uh, we're sharing out a – I'll be sharing out a link on our social media pages uh, to get tickets for that game. So – Show up, social distance while you're there, wear your mask while you're there, but be as loud as you can through your mask. (laughs) 
And so uh, exciting times. And congratulations to Coach Turner and the girls for not just getting into the playoffs, but finishing third, finishing with the most district wins, seven since, uh, I would say at least since 99, since they were district champions in 99. Uh, I would say at least that long since they've had seven district wins. That's hard to believe. We're certainly proud of the effort. And you you see a ton of effort when you go to their games. You'll appreciate that core Alvarado SD core value <laughs> on full display because it's certainly a ton of effort and a lot of great teamwork. So be there to support them. And we have a we have a special guest with us. Coach Turner is on the line, so we'll get her real quick. All right. So joining us now is Coach Kristen Turner, head coach of your Lady Indians basketball team. And how are you today, Coach? Good. Thanks for having me, Tommy. How are you doing? Pretty good, as far as I'm aware. For starters, talk about your girls and uh, beginning of the season, one of the goals is always make the playoffs. And for your girls, it's the first time Alvarado has been in the playoffs since 15-16, I believe, or is it 14-15? I believe it's 14-15. All right. So six years, the oldest of these girls was maybe in sixth grade. No, probably fifth grade six years ago. So <laughs> – just talk about the – has it really kind of sunk in for them that, hey, in the playoffs and kind of what goes along with the – I don't know if pressure is the right word, but just everything that goes along with the playoffs. They, has it all sunk in for them yet? Well, you know, I had them um, do a little watching a film, a little homework yesterday, and um, sometimes I feel like that's the best way for them to learn and so they can bring their knowledge to practice. And, um, but you know, like, you asked me after the game on Friday and as, as much as we've talked about the playoffs and it's been a part of our hashtag push this year, like this week just seems like it's expected. We expect it. We jumped in practice today and we worked hard and I just, it's just another week. And I know, I know, I don't want to take away from the excitement, but I feel like it's the confidence level. Like, we know, we should be here. We know we are a top team in district. As a, as a head coach, having this team in the playoffs for the first time in six years, is that – how exciting is that for you to know that, hey, the girls are taking it as it's just another week. It's not any different from last week. It's it's another game we expected to be here. Is that is that exciting for you to know that your girls had that mentality? Yes, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, we could approach this one or two ways. You know, the girls could just be so excited and, um, and not even talking about moving forward. But, like, hey, we got here, you know, we're just so excited we got here. But that's not the end goal. The end goal is the win this game. And we've been game planning, and we know exactly what it's going to take to do that. And just that mentality alone and uh, three short years of being here, um, that means that we've come a long way. <laughs> we have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. And we're really young, but we've come so far. Talk about the – when district season started, actually it started before the, the holidays – during the holidays, had a, a couple kids who had to be out for a little while. The entire team was out right after Thanksgiving. Just talk about everything that has kind of went into this season and for your girls to put it all together, not just get into the playoffs, but finish third in district. And what is that? Let's talk about the, the confidence level of your girls. You just said, you know, there's a confidence level there. But talk about where that confidence level is you know, as, as you're entering the playoffs? 
well, you know, we have had a tough season and, um, you know, we've never used it as an excuse because we're not the only uh, program in Texas that's been faced with a tough season. Um, I will say that out of all the district opponents we have, we probably have been hit with COVID uh, more than anyone. Um, and it's like ever like three different times we had to push reset this season. And I just kept let, telling the girls, don't let that be an excuse push through and that's what the T stands for and pushes perseverance because I knew that's what it was going to take this year to get through these ups and downs um and I think that all the obstacles that we we stepped over to get where we are I think that probably has a lot to do with our confidence moving forward because we know that um that's nothing can hold us back as long as we have our mindset you know going uh, strong moving forward all right and then your girls got through the first half of district we're sitting in third place and as second half started, you lose a really, really tough game to Ferris, and it would have been. And then, then you go to Godley and held Godley to just thirty-five points, but you struggle offensively, and you lost. I think it was that that was the second or third in a row you had lost, and it'd been easy for your girls that they're young, haven't been in the playoffs for a while, to say, you know what, I don't know if we can do this. But how proud of you were you of your girls for going out? You had three more district games after that and went out and took care of business. And how proud are you of them for the way they they faced that and overcame the little struggles there about halfway through the second half of district to, to push through and, and finish strong? You know, I'm super proud. Um, you know, we got hit with another quarantine, and then we got to come back and play Ferris. And I knew the first time we played Ferris, we shot out of our minds. Our post play, it was the best game we've had this season as a team, post and guard-wise. And I knew that we were not going to come off quarantine and play that well. Um, that loss was super hard, super hard. I, I lost sleep for two weeks over that loss, I felt <laughs> like. Um, and then, you know, I know that we haven't been shooting well. And when you hold a team to 33 and 35 points and you don't win those games, you just you just know, man, you just are struggling offensively. And it's hard to push forward struggling offensively, but we find a way. And whether that be in our defensive-minded, they just found a way and pushed, you know, and I don't think I let them know how they knew these games were important and they knew that last week was important, but I don't think I overspoke it where they would probably get too nervous to go out and perform. And, um, you know, I just think moving forward and just like telling the girls each game, play this game like it's your last. And I feel like we did that. And uh, the way we finished out uh, three, three wins in a row is huge for our postseason success. Pinkston. That's who you got in the playoffs this week, Thursday night, seven, Thursday at 7 o'clock at Arlington Seguin against Pinkston, who finished second in their district. Tell us a little bit about Pinkston and, and what you expect and what you're, what's going to have to happen in order to come out with a win Thursday. Uh, Pinkston's a good program. They have about three solid guards. They're fast. They're quick. They're going to play defense. They're probably going to put pressure on us in the full court on a make or miss. Um, but I will tell you that our post game is but is unmatched. They can't match our post game. So as long as we can keep our eyes up and get the ball inside, um, I think we'll be okay as long as we take care of the ball and take care of our possessions and um, and shoot well, you know, shoot decently, at least in the 30s. Um, we're going to look to pack it in on them. If I have a certain combination on the floor, we might look to press up a little bit. But it's definitely a winnable game. I think going into this game – the advantage that we have is that we have played competitive games all throughout district and they're in a weaker district. The only team that they competed with in district 
was uh, Lincoln, and the other other district games are blowing teams out by 50 or 60. Right. So I think that that is our advantage moving forward because we've played in a, every game we've played this year. We've, uh, we're, we're only winning or losing by five or six points, so every game we play is a close game. All right, and then I did a little research before we uh, before you called, and I was just wondering, when was the last time Lady Indians won a playoff game? Do you know the answer to that? You know what, Tommy? Like, you know, I keep like – I'm not really about breaking records. I just mm-hmm. know that, you know, I want to have a winning season. I want to get the double-digit wins. I knew we were playoff bound. We should have been last year. And I tell myself every day I'm going to go in the gym and look at that dang banner, and I forget to. <laughs> all right, I'm going to help you out, all right? Okay. So, 98-99, they made it okay. to the second round, but they were district champs, and they had a bye in the first round. So oh, made it to the second really. Right. So, they made it to the second round, but didn't win a playoff game. All right? Okay. So, what were you doing in probably February of 1991? <laughs> <laughs> 91? Yep. So, exactly 30 years. I was born. Hold on, 91. <laughs> I was nine years old. I was playing uh, YMCA basketball <laughs> and, and youth softball. <laughs> uh-huh. So, 1990-91 season. So, February of 91, they beat Van. And then the second round lost a nail-biter to Decatur, 50-49. to 49. So, uh, so, there you go, 30 they years. They area by one. Oh, my goodness, three decades? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's insane. Right. So, I mean, you know, that even makes this win on Thursday even that more that more important. Just thought I'd throw that out there for you. Years. <laughs> Thirty years. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, huh? Well, that's cute. It's it's real crazy. It's that's insane. You know, um, I keep trying to find records and win losses, and I can't find anything. I can't find anything. So, all I know is. Um, What's on Max Prep? And it stopped recording in 2006. So I really right. have no idea. So that was news to me. So there you go. So Well, there you go. That's, that's motivation. That's yep. even more motivation right there. Th- Thursday night, we'll plan on celebrating uh, for the first time in 30 years. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Maybe that will give my girls a little bit more motivation to push through and get that win on Thursday. By district win. First, and, first by district win in three decades. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very good, Coach. I'll let you get back to class, and uh, it was good talking to you, and good luck on Thursday. Thank you so much, Tommy. All right, thanks. Over the weekend, JROTC, I don't know a a ton about the academic bowl that the JROTC does, but uh, our new JROTC, I don't know, what what do you call him, a JROTC commander? Well, what do you call the head person? Well, they're just they're instructors, but he's okay. he's the lead instructor as the officer, and then Sergeant Austin, I believe, is uh, maybe the one that coaches the JROTC Academic Bowl. But they advanced to the second round, and just looking at the little PDF that I got, there was I don't know there may be forty schools in Texas that advanced to the second round, not a ton. Uh, just a, a handful from Fort Worth and look like maybe a couple from Dallas, but big kudos to the JROTC kids. And if they advanced past the second round, which the second round is uh, up until March 5th, and then if they advance past that, they go to a national competition uh, this June. So 
Uh, congratulations to them for advancing to the second round. And We compete in a lot of different areas. It's a very, very well-rounded program. It's academic. They have fitness. They have marching and color guard competitions. And so it's great to see them get out and give our kids the opportunity to compete. And we say it all the time in Alvarado. It's not just athletics and fine arts where we excel, but academically we have kids that compete, can compete with anybody in the state of Texas. So we're thankful for these programs and leadership to give our kids these opportunities. And, again, congratulations to them and, and good luck going forward. We look forward to getting some other great results after March 5th and, and potentially this summer. We're going to compete. We might as well win. Right. All right. We also have our weekly COVID numbers. And, again, not terrible. Not even – I wouldn't even say they're bad. Uh Across the district, 14 kids right now, 14 scholars right now are uh, positive, and then we have four positive educators, so a total of 18 across the district, and which runs our total for the entire year, not just since January like some districts have been doing, but for the entire year to 252, which we say it every week, but hats off and kudos to our staff, to our kids to our parents for following the protocols and, you know, hats off to making sure that the protocols are being followed and uh, making sure the kids are being screened before they come to school, making sure the and our educators are screening themselves before they come to school, uh, making sure at events that, you know, whether it's an administrator or educator or even sometimes scholars or calling each other out but making sure those masks are up over the noses and so uh, just everything that is taking place uh, inside the school buildings outside the school buildings at events uh, keep it up Um, obviously in an ideal situation there'd be zeros all around but we know that's a you know that's a a, that'll be a very difficult thing to do Uh, South and and Lillian able to do that this week but uh, just a Overall, good job, everybody, and, and keep it up, but don't don't relax. Don't let your guard down. We got a – it's going to be cold this weekend. Uh, got spring break coming up. Got a Valentine's this weekend. So there's, there's potential if you let your guard down to have a slip up, I guess. So just keep your guard up and uh, keep doing what you've been doing. We have to remember that even with a few cases, it can put campuses in a very difficult position with – quarantines of close contacts and lack of uh, substitute educators to cover classrooms and so every everything we can do to keep these numbers low it's helping our entire district and in our entire community so thank you for all that you're doing and keep up the great work we also have our weekly athletic schedule and yesterday haven't got results yet but boys golf was at Roy City and tennis was at Arlington we did get results for tennis tennis had a a boy single player that finished third, I believe, and then a mixed doubles that won. That's correct. Uh, there in the Arlington tournament. So uh, kudos to Coach Martin and her girls and, and boys. And uh, just a, a great showing this early in the season at a 6A tournament. Exactly. It's great to see the team go there in the Metroplex and compete with those programs. It shows the tradition of excellence with the tennis team. So we talked earlier about a big basketball game Thursday night on the girls' side with uh, playing Pinkston in the playoffs. But we'll start it with tomorrow night. It gets even – it's a really big game for the boys. Looking for a district title. 
They're playing at Midlothian Heritage, and with a win, they will claim first place in district and will go into the playoffs as the district champion. And that's a Midlothian Heritage. That's the lone district loss on the boys' record right now. And so I know they're going to be out for revenge. They want they want that district championship. It's been a while since we've had a district title. I don't even remember correctly. 2012, we made it to the regional tournament. I don't even know if we were district champions that year. For some reason, I'm thinking we may have been second behind Kennedale or somebody. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's been a while since we've been district champions. And so, big game tomorrow night at Midlothian Heritage. Tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, tonight. That's right, it's Tuesday. We're we're a day late, remember. It's Tuesday. All right, so yeah, tonight at Midlothian Heritage, big game. Then boys soccer is hosting Keene. And then softball and baseball are scrimmaging tonight. So and I think I think maybe the softball scrimmage was canceled just in the last few minutes, actually, before we got started on the podcast. And, okay. But I do think uh, soccer, girls soccer, added a game with Venus tonight at home. All right. So if you uh, if you're not going to go to basketball and you have some extra layers to put on, some extra coats, and you feel like getting outside tonight. Uh, some soccer, some district soccer games, and then uh, baseball scrimmage, and the baseball scrimmage is out of town. So then Thursday, obviously we already talked about it. Girls basketball is host is playing Pinkston at Arlington again in the playoffs. Girls golf is at Mansfield, and junior high boys and girls are playing Hillsboro. The boys are at Hillsboro. The girls are at home against Hillsboro, and then boys powerlifting is at Midlothian. So a a busy uh, schedule for Thursday. And then Friday, boys basketball will be closing its regular season against Ferris. They will be having a senior night. Uh, boys soccer and girls soccer are at Life Oak Cliff. Boys varsity getting the early start at 4.30, and the girls will be playing at 7.30. And then again, this time, softball and baseball scrimmage, but they're both at home this time. Uh, softball against Palmer, I believe, and, and baseball against Benbrook. And then Saturday, busy week for baseball apparently. They have another scrimmage Saturday afternoon. So hopefully all these outdoor events get played this week. <laughs> I know. It's a, while we were sitting here, I just received something, you know, weather-related, just, to, you know, the warnings. Of course, the, the forecast is changing hour by hour. So right. you just will never really know until the, the weather actually gets here. So I, I feel the same way. I know that baseball and soccer and softball want to get these events in, but – the weather is always a challenge this time of year. Right. So I don't know who it was that decided soccer should be played in January and February. I understand baseball is getting started, but then you got March and April warms up a little bit. But I don't know who, who decided. It sounds like soccer would be good for January, February. We, we might could invite Mr. Stevens from the high school. He <laughs> might could give us some Texas history on why the soccer season is played in the spring. I, I would assume it has something to do with conflicts with crossover athletes in the fall oh, sure uh, but uh, i think college is played in the fall like you're mm-hmm. saying the what the weather is certainly more conducive to soccer right all right well very good anything else you would like to chat about this morning i just once again to commend our educators it's not just on the covid side of things and you know mentioned the 100 percent lesson plans in we know that throughout this pandemic that you're still continuing to inspire and empower our learners and we see that on a daily basis uh, with these with our WIG. You see a lot of posts of reading and different things going on in classrooms, but it looks like just a regular school year is just kids have masks on. It's because our educators are finding ways to 
create unique uh, learning experiences for our kids, and it's exciting. We're very proud of those efforts. We're thankful for all of our educators throughout the district, whether they work with the technology team, operations team, special education team, or on a, on a campus doing a fantastic job, and appreciate all that you do. We cannot express how much we appreciate it enough. So just a reminder, Friday is a staff development day, no, no school for the scholars. And then again on Monday, uh, staff development slash work day uh, for the educators and no school for the scholars. So we will see them on Tuesday and hopefully whatever happens between now and then, it will either be dried up or it will be warmer. And there's <laughs> we can always hope. Right. So, all right, very good. So, until next time, hashtag Alfredo Excellence.